0: Welcome to the Culture Shapers podcast with author, leadership expert, and co-founder of the Daniel Center of Leadership, Marcus Benjamin. At the Daniel Center, our vision is to develop and deploy godly leaders, and you fit that description. Here's Marcus for today's message.
1: Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's Marcus Benjamin, and welcome to the Culture Shapers podcast. And I have a dynamic guest with me on the podcast today who is going to, I know, add value to our listeners and just so excited uh, about having the opportunity to get Uh, the recorded podcast of so many conversations that he and I um, have had along with our wives uh, in various settings. So I want to take a moment and welcome to the Culture Shapers podcast, Mr. Akintunde Warnock. Mr. Warnock, what a pleasure to have you with us today.
0: How are you doing, sir? Thank you, sir.
1: Awesome. Now, for those of you who uh, don't know, I'm going to give a very, very, very brief uh, introduction of uh, Akintunde. And he'll give a little bit more uh, of his background. But Akintunde is an award-winning uh, comedian. He is a he is the proprietor. He is the uh, the creator of the Rebirth of Comedy brand. Uh, that is one of, if not the fastest-growing brand uh, in comedy. Uh, he uh, is an entertainer, an actor, uh, producer. And I'm going to stop right there. And uh, but I'll say it this way, he's also a spirit-filled believer, loves Jesus, loves his wife, loves his kids, loves his church, and he is located uh, in uh, Columbia, South Carolina, although he's hardly ever there because he's traveling everywhere. Uh, so uh, I'll get to the day. If you could just uh, give our listeners uh, Give our listeners some insight as to who Akatune is. I mean, some of us who are listening know you. We know you. But that person out there who's like, Akatune, we're not. Uh, tell <laughs> us who you are, sir. Well, in
0: addition to being uh, uh, Eunice's husband, uh, Deja, Kalia, Elijah, uh, Kwani, and Jaleel's dad, and uh, in addition to being a member of Right Direction Christian Center in Columbia, I'm also a friend of uh, Marcus and Omeka Benjamin, uh, or as I call them, Bishop Marcus and Bishop Omeka Benjamin. Uh, And and I'm proud to uh, and glad to have my life impacted by a wonderful relationship that I've uh, been blessed to have with you guys over the past few years. And and, uh, uh, really, you know, our relationship really, I I believe, was – Uh, God-ordained is in in position by God because he recognized uh, both of our assignments and then uh, you're or you both um, having a key understanding of what culture is uh, which is, you know, myself I'm trying to affect it. I'm a a comedian I'm a writer. I produce I direct. Um, I love to make people laugh and I love to make them laugh at things that make them think Um, uh, I've been doing this now for 23 years um, started in 93 as I'm sorry 94 as a secular comedian and then from there it went on to really me uh, getting saved in in 1999 and I I always say my career got saved about two years later so it really uh, then from there just uh, amazingly my the, the the some areas of of my life uh, my career I should say uh, took off when most people thought they would slow down and uh, when because people thought when you become a Christian comedian or uh, you devote your career and life to Christ that. You, somehow you're going to be, it's going to impede your process. You're not going to uh, advance. And I got more writing credits uh, after I became a Christian comedian uh, than before uh, all of the years. With all the other deals that I had, the the, the flow came after um, Jesus came into my life. So the uh, that's the most important thing is that, you know, uh, uh, Christ did come into my life and
1: shook things up and has been shaking it up ever since. Wow. Well, well, tell us uh, briefly, uh, before you you mentioned that you got saved at one particular time and then your career got saved about two years later, tell us a little bit about what you did as a comedian and some of the Give us some of those quote unquote secular highlights, because uh, the, there may be some listeners out there on our podcast, and we, we have a pretty good reach of different types of people. So uh, just kind of tell tell us what what were you doing, uh, what what kind of uh, headlines, and what did you do before uh, your career got saved. Well,
0: I mean, I, I was a secular comedian. I was doing BET's Comic View. I, I'd done seven seasons of that. I think I did. By, by the time I got saved, I had only done five. and I did like two two more seasons following that. And then um, I was a writer, uh, a screenwriter. I had a screenwriting deal, um, and I had, was working uh, off and on with uh, comedian Chris Tucker uh, on different uh, 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 film projects and mostly writing stand-up. And then I was doing the comedy club circuit um I was traveling uh you know all week probably 30-plus weeks out of the year um, doing stand-up comedy clubs and, you know, cussing and saying whatever it took to make people laugh and, you know, was making a good living doing it. I was living in Savannah, Georgia. Um, at the time I got saved, I was 28 years old, and uh, I was uh, making six figures a year uh, uh, as a comedian um, living in, in in Savannah, Georgia. So, you know, it it wasn't... I mean a, a lot of things of course my my career and ministry are at a whole other level now, but at that time you know we were, I was on a successful track and just I give you a little more context for that yes. I just talking about the hand of God on my life I was up for several TV shows that went on to become major shows the the Bill Cosby Show for an example um, the second Cosby Show not the first but the second Cosby show that came out on CBS um, uh, some years Years later I was up for the role of his neighbor and uh and was one of it came down to me and two other guys and they picked a guy named Dougie Doug but I was the, the last three guys that had auditioned and that it came down to uh, to us three and I believe um that God knew that if I got saved got, got that that TV show that I probably wouldn't have gotten saved or if I did um it would have wrecked my life um, to the point where maybe. Uh, me getting saved would have been, I would have had a whole lot more issues to deal with than just, you know, what I had. So, are you talking about it was a television series that you were guaranteed to make $250,000 per week? It was already picked up for two seasons. So, and I know me, it's no, it's, it's I, I don't know if I would have been able to stop and say, "Ho, oh, I'm not going to do that no more. I'm going to okay. follow Christ. I don't know if that would have happened back then. So, <laughs> God knew what he was doing
1: so it's as if God was say, let me get a hold of this young man now. Let me hold this opportunity off because if he really walks in this knowing and I know I can tune day, he's going to be too wired in. <laughs>
0: He'd been too wired in. He'd been spent that money. Uh, he probably would have got been hooked on some type of substance, and uh, <laughs> and, his, and definitely, if nothing else, his wife, his, his marriage wouldn't have lasted. And that's what the that, you know, being I just celebrated twenty years of marriage this year, so um, awesome. uh, to uh, and, and and fully recognize that, that that second to Christ is the most important relationship in my life.
1: Awesome! Awesome. Well, you, from my understanding as well, uh, you also did uh, some some writing for uh, the Monique show. Is that correct?
0: Right right that came long after i got saved i had been uh when i when i got the monique show that was uh 2008 i believe uh so i'd been saved for a while and ironically when i got the monique show i turned it down I, and and uh i you know had had all my reasons why you know i keep this is a secular show i can't do this uh uh mo and i had been friends for years and i had written for her before but I was like, well, I can't do this because, you know, my my, my spirit is in a different place right th- at that point. And the, the, the grace of God was before I, you know, locked everything in and, and dug in saying no, uh, I talked to my pastor. And um, he said to me, he said, he said, why wouldn't you go out there and affect the world? You complain about these different things, and we as believers complain about things that we don't like. But here is you given an opportunity to uh, to be effective and to effect change, and you don't want to take it. And he convicted me. And of course, that show I went on to the the first season, uh, second season. I became the head writer for that show. Um, uh, that that show alone. Uh, Uh, garnered uh, uh, almost 300 um, original television hours writing credits and it was for me it was a college level education of television um, uh, uh, the the whole television making process how you make TV we made a television show uh, every single week we actually made six episodes per week so I learned a whole lot in a very short amount of time
1: Wow and now in saying that, that actually actually gives us a good segue into our conversation because what your pastor shared with you and the opportunity that you had to affect culture. And our conversation on the podcast is actually dealing with Jesus, culture, and entertainment. So uh, from that perspective, just kind of give us some insight as to how the Lord began to shape you in terms of seeing your role in entertainment as a shaper of culture as a shaper of entertainment as opposed to being shaped by it. Just kind of give us some insight as to how that process uh, happened for you.
0: Sure. Well, I would say the number one thing that I recognize is that, but for the grace of God – my life would be completely different. I would not be saved. Um, I would not be happily married. I would not have seen and gone the places that I've gone. I would not have my five children still in my, you know, I'm talking about in my house uh, without, there's no divorce, there's no division. There's, you know, my life would be a whole other level downward had I not received uh, in Christ. So I recognize that that, one decision um, in 1999 has totally revolutionized my life. The issue becomes is is how do you get that the who Christ is for me to more people? How do I share that testimony? And the issue be, and the problem is is culture rejects that testimony. Culture right. tells you that that religion or, or or Christianity or faith isn't relevant, and it tell and it's, it's now. The the total opposite, and whereas in literally we are living in a time where what's right is wrong and what's wrong is right. So it, right. It re, the only way you're going to change that is by believers sharing our testimony, believers infusing the word of God into every area of our lives, and the way that happens fastest is culture culture is basically the norms and values of society what we uh, say how we act what we believe what how we dress what we eat what we watch all that is culture and uh until you know getting getting what i recognize is is we have to get Christ centered values a Christ centered mindset uh right. a a Christ centered focus into media, into entertainment, into music, into all areas, levels, TV, film, Internet, podcasts, <laughs> all yes. of it has to be, we have to get Christ into that um, unless uh, 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 we're, we're going to see um, much, much more dark, darker days. I
1: think that, that's a very important statement regarding getting Christ in the culture. You mentioned about culture being the norms and the values, you know, of of society, and when we talk about culture on the Culture Shapers podcast, we talk about high culture. We talk about pop culture. We also talk about ethnic culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, high culture is that type of culture that people uh, generally ascribe to, uh, you know, museum visits, uh, visiting uh, art shows, and so mm-hmm. forth. People who are involved in what they call high culture, uh, but then you have ethnic culture, which is either African American, Black. Uh, urban, suburban, Caucasian, uh, Hispanic, Asian—you got different cultural uh, uh, impulses and activities. Mm-hmm. But the main culture that we're really talking about is what is called pop culture. And mm-hmm. when we hear pop culture, uh, people start thinking about music. But really and truly, really pop culture is just a short street term for popular culture, or right. the culture that the majority of people embrace and subscribe to. Right. And most people. When they hear us having this conversation, I can tell they they really don't understand the influence that pop culture has upon values and virtues in society. So it's when we look totally at right. entertainment, go yeah, right. interject, certainly interject.
0: Right. No. Well, I was I I was really jumping in with you because people really don't understand to what degree they're affected by culture. Um. You you look at the the. the, the I truly believe that if you look at the start of the breakdown of what the, the current breakdown really of the black male in society really started in the sixties and the seventies, and it really started uh uh if prior to the the sixties and seventies of course this is just my theory we were in a building stage where uh the black family and the black uh dollar um black marriages they were being built. Families were stronger. There was this this mindset that I have to be better. I have to be. I have to be. I have to earn. I have to take care of myself. Of course, that wasn't everybody, but I believe that there was the was the overall. Uh, 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 black family was in a period of growth. But in the sixties and seventies, uh, and there were sev- several reasons that, that that caused that, whether that be war, that whether that be uh drug use or uh-huh. the breakdown of of, of of our standards, it then began this slide where we began to accept the pimp culture. We began to accept the uh the gangster culture. And then and then that really began a 30 to 40-year slide where there's been consistently, uh, 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 literally campaigns that has broken down the black male. There is There was the, the gangster campaign, the thug campaign of the 1990s and the 2000s, and now the feminization campaign where black males are, are – are, are, it's, 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 it's easier to hear two Homosexual black men talk about style and hair on TV than it is to hear two heterosexual say black men have this conversation on television. It's just not wow. being heard anywhere, and that's because of the culture. And that, it, the, the, the weakening of the black male has affected our families to the point where black women don't even expect, meant to be uh, uh, upstanding quality men in in, in large part. Uh, Most women nowadays have accepted a a toned-down version of what a good man is, and and, and it's it's, it's sad because a lot of that has been, you know, of course, the the enemy is the enemy, and he has done a great job, but a lot of that has been shaped by our own values, our own um, mindset, our own outlook on society, and that is determined by culture.
1: And see, this is such a great conversation. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you guys are really catching this because there are people out there who are listening to this podcast who are sincere and they will sincerely think, say things such as this. Well, Marcus, I can tell me it's just entertainment. It's just a TV show or it's just, a, it's just music or it's just whatever. And whenever people say that to me, I always uh, highlight to them this word, just. What do you mean by just? Because if it was so innocent and of entertainment and movies and music and so forth, if it didn't have such a power over our imagination, then the producers, the the executive producers, the screenwriters, the songwriters, and so forth wouldn't be spending billions of dollars to get access to our mind. (laughs) They would just make it available for free. It would just be free because it's not a commodity. No, it is a commodity. They charge a premium price for it because they've already done the research. They've done the research. I mean, uh, the research behind motivating people to buy, motivating people to spend, motivating people to make certain decisions. I mean, it's a multi-billion dollar industry that these individuals have research farms in major universities around this country to research and find out how do we get to the psyche of a man. How do we impact the psyche of the female? Now I'm going to come back around to a few things that I want to bring into context that you mentioned regarding the the disintegration of the black family. But before I do that, I just mentioned about the billions of dollars to get access to the psyche and the mind of of individuals. You you in one of your uh, your com- uh, one of your, uh, your your comedy routines you mentioned something about uh, the the media's the desire to get the psyche of the black female. You've mentioned some things regarding the black female and what she means uh, to society. Can you talk a little bit about that? I'm going to come back around to the disintegration of the family immediately afterwards.
0: Yes, sir. Well, the, the, I, I was talk, doing a joke, uh, talking about, uh, uh, really, uh, the television show was that we consume, and I uh, was targeting that joke really to believers and really to black women. But uh, the, the the I guess the overall uh, message in the joke, if you allow, um, is that uh, the black woman has been targeted by media and targeted by entertainment. The black woman literally is the most desired group, a demographic in all of advertising and that can be you can google it if you doubt if you doubt me you google nielsen and you do and, and google black uh 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 female demographic and you will see a detail whether it's, 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 it's you may become offense offended uh, uh, briefly but then the business side of it quickly kicks in and you understand it is about dollars and cents to, to them uh, and when I say them I'm not talking about the man or any one evil group of people I mean to business Correct. people they recognize Correct. that black females are in, in 85% of, our, of the households black families are the head of household black female because they are uh, largely taking care of their children by themselves unfortunately and i not, Correct. not all, but the majority based on st- statistics. They are more educated. They have a higher um, earning potential because they've been forced to. So that makes them a very desired group. And because of impulse buying and because of emotion and because of self-medication, self-medicating through television, medicating through entertainment, they've become the most desired group of advertisers. That's why you have so many different television shows targeting black females, Real Housewives, uh, Love and Hip Hop, um, Scandal.
1: Uh, 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 what's the, uh, how to get away with murder? How, how to get away with murder?
0: Empire. Do you think Empire. those shows are targeting black men? No, they're not. We're 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 the 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 fifth or sixth most the, the most targeted group in all of advertisers Those shows are targeting black females, and you think that you you not think there's a long-term effect to that. If you, if you, 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 you're in, you're, we're living in this a, a, a time today where the majority of our children don't even think that uh, a man is required to have a successful family. So, so in, in, and it's because wow. of what is being put out there, it's what's being put in music. I mean, you listen to the music now. You have songs now where men brag about women taking care of them. That, yes. that that was never the case before. But again, and, and that's because the culture, that's because the shaping of norms and values. And and and, and so, uh so uh, uh, black females, I think, what I what I kind of said the joke, hoping that black females took it. But, and and, and kind of every time I say you do that joke, it, I, I, it has a bit of a punch to it. But I really want people to understand that, hey, if I'm a target, what am I being targeted for? Who's targeting me? And what am, what am I allowing myself to do, to be, to, be, uh, to become, and, to, uh, 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 and what effects am I allowing myself to be uh, 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 affected by? I mean, if, 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 let me, let me add yeah, just one little point. Here's the thing. If you're the most educated group, black females by and large per capita are more educated than white males. Okay, but on the other side, Black females are the most, the highest group of all new HIV/AIDS cases. So how is wow. that? They're, so so and, so there is something that's off there. One in men, that's something that we're doing to our women, and two is something that women are allowing themselves to to be done, done allowed to be done to them. And we got to get that, uh, we got to understand what that perspective is. It's like if you had an issue in your car. You drive a fine luxury automobile. Well, guess what? They, if you go, you take that car to a dealer and they put it on uh, the, a machine, and you say, well, you know, it's tapping. All I know is it's tapping. Well, uh, that car that you drive, they're, they're going to be looking at that computer and say, all oh, right, it's not the tapping that you hear. It's the computer and a sensor in the uh, engine that is causing that tapping to be. So it's, it's not just the tapping. It's the sensor in the computer. Well, we've got to figure out what's causing the outcome, the overall outcome in our families mm-hmm. and our lives. There's a much deeper cause, a much deeper root cause, and that root cause is largely affected
1: by culture. So the tapping is really a symptom of a greater problem. Yes, sir. And see that I was I was in the gym uh, playing ball maybe four or five months ago, and there was a couple of young guys that were in there playing with ball with us, and we sh- shot a couple games after it was over. We were kind of on the side, just kind of just talking or whatnot. And these two guys looked like they maybe were 21, 22 years old, old early twenties, and they were shooting around, and they were doing, they were they were gambling on. Basically twenty point twenty dollar shot. So basically, each person took a shot. It was twenty bucks. If you make it, you win the twenty. If you lose it, you know if you don't make it, you lose the twenty. And these guys shot ultimately to the point where one guy was literally walking away uh, with a hundred and sixty dollars. Wow. That he won in a matter of 15 minutes, him and these guys shooting back and forth. And one of the older guys, maybe 45 or so, uh, you know, looked and said, man, you guys, don't y'all, y'all got jobs? I mean, what do y'all do to be able to just gamble and throw money away like that? You know, don't, don't have families or whatever? And the young guys looked at each other, and they laughed. And one of the guys said, you don't understand. We're trophy hustlers. huh?" We're trophy hustlers. And the guy was like, what, trophy hustlers? And the guy was like, yeah, I mean, these were early 20s, early 20s, right? And they were like, man, both of our wives have good jobs. I mean, our money is just basically, you know, we do what we want to do with it. But our wives take care of us. Wow. Wow. And I sat there, and I said, are you kidding me? Wow. So my, I'm using that as an example to go back to what you said. Obviously, these young African-American women that these guys are married to, right, because, again, I had to inquire to find out. And, again, they both were married to African-American females who both graduated from college. Wow. So wow. both of their wives graduated from college. Neither one of them went to college, and they're in the gym shooting $20 shots wow. because their wife takes care of them. Wow. So again. Whose fault is that? Whose fault is that? Here we have this young, educated African-American female Mm -hmm. married to this guy or these two young guys who are basically taking advantage of them and gloating about that in the gym, right, while they are working good jobs taking care of the livelihood. Right. But, and I can and, and to the this is where people don't understand. Going back to my original statement about just entertainment, that, that would not have happened unless the media sold that to the culture. You were totally that, right. That doesn't just happen, it doesn't just evolve. No, somebody put those images in front of us over a repeated period of time that ultimately became a norm for us. Otherwise, we would not accept that. And let me use a quick example to make a point, another example to make a point. I've asked, I've, I've asked, let's just say I've asked 50 people, how many of them saw the movie 42? You know, the movie 42 is about right. Jackie Robinson. Right. And I've asked 50 African-Americans, how many of you have seen the movie 42? Came out several years ago, maybe I think three years ago. Right. How many of you have seen the movie 42 out of 50 people that I've asked? less than 20% of them have seen that movie. Wow. Wow. And the, of, the, of, the, of the 20% that did see the movie, a few of them told me they couldn't even finish watching it, even though it was kind of exciting about sports. But here's what they said. I couldn't relate to it.
0: Wow. I couldn't relate
1: to it. I couldn't wow. relate to it. Now, see, when they say they can't relate to it, what they're saying is, unknown to them, what they're saying is, that's not my culture. Right, right. because right. you relate to what's culturally acceptable right. to you. So right. here we have Jackie Robinson being honorable toward the female that he has as right. a, a, a fiancé. His right. conversation is different. His mannerisms are different. Yes, he has a, some fits of anger and so forth, but overall, this young man is endeavoring to master his anger. Uh, right. He's endeavoring to uh, treat his woman uh, well. There are no sex scenes in the movie. Right. Now, there's, there's, a, there's, there's communication of intimacy and closeness, but there are no sex scenes and so forth, and here we have what would really be the ideal for the African-American culture that the African-American culture, by and large, didn't even see Right, because it wasn't culturally relevant. That, that is an example
0: of what I believe is what's happened to us, and that's in our diet, that's in our finances, as well as our entertainment, hugely in our entertainment. And that is is the black community has begun to uh, be, uh, become accustomed to a totally junk food diet. Yes. And it, it's it, it's like I never forget. My mother was a strong proponent of health and and and, and wellness when we were coming up. So she did, she didn't cook certain foods. She definitely didn't cook any pork. She cooked a lot of vegetables. Even when she she barely used white flour at all. Everything was wheat, brown sugar. I never forget a friend of mine came over. And they were like, um, "Well, you know, what's this?" And I said, "Oh, this is butternut squash." They're like, "Oh, okay." They're like, "It tastes good. I never, I never, I never heard of that." And they was like, um, uh, "What is that?" And I, th- and I think it was a uh, uh, eggplant. Eggplant. What is that? I said it's a vegetable. Ugh. And, it's, and my friend literally said, "Y'all eat white people food." And I said, "Wow." You know, and I said, wow. why is it white people food? Because it's vegetables. And what I recognized was is he totally, he didn't grow up eating those type of food. He, he grew up eating a more traditional or uh, the diet of, of economically challenged African Americans. That's what we all were. My mother just made different decisions. And that's what has happened to us is in terms of, of, of television content. If there is something that has an overwhelming amount of, of quality message, whether it is high moral values, family values, parental values, standards, or financial standards, we reject it, and we say that it's boring or we say that it doesn't relate to us, and that's because we've become accustomed to the reality shows or the television series that where there's a, a, a huge amount of sex with uh, reckless sex without consequence or Just the, the, the music that is is is, is con, uh, condoning violence or encouraging bad behavior or Encouraging sexual behaviors and we become to a junk food Accustomed to a junk food diet and because of that we become a, a target we don't hold people even uh, people accountable even advertisers, uh, companies, or record companies, or artists. Thank you for listening to the Culture Shapers podcast. Take a moment and find out more about our ministry by visiting thedanielcenter.org. Remember, you and I are not called to be made by the culture, but to shape the culture with the influence of Jesus Christ.